1: When the presidents of the United States and France met in Paris on November 11, 2018, to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, the leading Italian newspaper Corriere della Sera covered the event from a rather unique point of view. Shifting from the diverging political views of Trump and Macron to the look of the first ladies Melania Trump and Brigitte Macron, the newspaper embarked on a conversation regarding the height of their heels. I know this heel challenge might appear to foreign eyes like tabloid gossip, the expression of the Italian obsession for fashion, or perhaps a form of sexism, but I submit that reading newspapers in a foreign language can actually provide unexpected angles for assessing international affairs, another good reason to learn a language. With regard to our case, the First Lady's stilettos offered a far more interesting insight into the diplomatic relations between the two countries than what might have come from a pre-written political report. In the same way that dresses expressed non-verbal codes in Renaissance courts indicating the position, condition, and affiliation of their wearers, so the emphasis on Melania Trump's red sole black pumps by Christian Louboutin made manifest to the press a powerful sense of American confidence. In light of the eternal rivalry with France, especially with regard to haute couture, the Italian press saw her higher heels not just as protocol items, revealing a certain psychology or etiquette, but rather as objects of admiration and conversation, able to express a cultural awareness and create new trends. What does a shoe say, you might ask? What's the value of a stiletto heel? This will be the object of our conversation as I present today's Entrepreneur. It might be astounding to hear, but high heels were originally a male thing. Persian soldiers first brought them to Europe in the 15th century as an accessory to secure their feet in stirrups, but heels rapidly became a trend among the European nobility as they allowed aristocrats to appear taller. In the 17th century, King Louis XIV first launched the red-soled high-heeled shoes at the French court as a color-coded symbol of superiority and privilege for a restricted circle of nobles. The trend would extend to the European royalty in the 18th century and would later become Louboutin's trademark design. Women also wore high heels during the same period. In Venice, patrician women and courtesans wore exceptionally high shoes, which were supported by a 20-inch pedestal. These platform shoes, made of wood or cork, and more commonly known as chopines, allowed a woman to tower over others, displaying her stature and status. For Patrician women, chopines were functional to extending dresses, showing wealth by way of the additional portion of expensive cloth required to cover their feet. For courtesans, shoes were an element of attraction, and in a way represented a magic tool, Endowed with the symbolic power to elevate their status, as also reflected in the narrative of Cinderella, a tale which finds similar versions across different cultures. Until the 19th and 20th century, heels were associated with floor length dresses as an indispensable tool to either cover or make feet look slimmer. Now, before Disney Cinderella in 1950, the first time in which feminine slippers acquired independent cinematographic relevance was in 1939's The Wizard of Oz, when the new technicolor process imposed to change the shoes worn by Judy Garland from the original silver to ruby. While heels remain relatively low for men, two factors popularized high heels for women in 20th century fashion. I will call them the Ferragamo factor and the steel factor. The first factor is self-explanatory. Salvatore Ferragamo was simply the greatest designer of shoes in the 20th century. He was born near Avellino Campania, and after his apprenticeship as a shoemaker in Naples, he moved to Boston in 1914, where his brother worked in a cowboy boot factory. After he convinced his brother to move to California, he opened a shop for repair and made-to-measure shoes perfecting his technique by studying anatomy at the University of Southern California, and starting to design footwear for the rising cinematographic industry of Hollywood. Upon his return to Italy in 1927, he opened his first store in Florence, launching one of the most iconic brands in global fashion. His celebrity grew with the popularity of his shoes. In 1939, He reintroduced the idea of the platform shoe in the famous rainbow sandal designed for Judy Garland, in honor of her performance in The Wizard of Oz. In the 1950s, he designed a stunning collection of shoes for Marilyn Monroe, modeling her four-inch heel as a timeless standard of fashion and elegance. Second relevant factor to the rise of the high heel is the metamorphosis of the stiletto from a wartime weapon to a fashion tool. Stiletto was actually a stabbing blade, which medieval knights used as a secondary knife and gangsters as a portable dagger in modern times. The V42 stiletto produced in steel was one of the most commonly used portable weapons for American soldiers during World War II. The post-war application of steel to heels was a major change, as it allowed shoes not only to reach higher elevation, but also to assume many more shapes. In this sense, I like to think of the word stiletto in connection to its Latin origin from stylus, pen, as an engraving tool, a writing instrument, stating not just a new canon of elegance, but also a self-confident philosophy and no-compromise attitude. It is with this context that I want to present to you the story of Casadei, Italy's most renowned brand of stiletto heel shoes. The company, founded by Quinto and Flora Casadei in 1958, started as a small workshop in the city of San Mauro Pascoli in Romagna, on the Adriatic coast east of Bologna. San Mauro was the birthplace of Giovanni Pascoli, one of Italy's most revered poets at the turn of the 20th century, who became a professor at the University of Bologna and sung Romagna in his poetry as a domestic nest of small things and hidden beauty. Until the 1950s, Romagna was still a rural and relatively marginal part of Emilia-Romagna, despite the ascent of Rimini as an important center for tourism, from the construction of the Grand Hotel in 1908 to the post-war creation of family and then international mass tourism. In his movies I Vitelloni and Amarcord, Federico Fellini still described his home city of Rimini as a provincial island of backwardness and poetry. Casadei started its business during the Italian economic boom, designing sandals for tourists vacationing on the Italian Riviera. As the company rapidly grew, it soon turn from a local retailer into a highly specialized footwear brand, exporting to Germany and the United States in the 1960s, Japan and Belgium in the 1970s, and the Middle East in the 1980s and early 1990s. Building on this industrial capital, Quinto San Cesare, took over in 1994 as creative director and manager of the company, turning the brand into an acclaimed icon of Made in Italy. Cesare Casadei is a singular case of designer and manager, able to simultaneously hone the craft of shoemaking, direct the industrialization of processes, and create an international brand. As a creative director, Casadei turned shoes from accessories to wear into moving works of art to touch and see. Reinventing the company's patrimony of lines, colors, and styles, and artisanal know-how, he constructed the shoe as a work of architecture, and configured the shoe-making process as a dynamic sequence of specific artisanal functions and manual skills aimed at achieving the perfect model. As I illustrate in my lecture Who is the Italian Innovator, the success of his shoes relies upon what I call the Paganini model that is, the perfection of design and execution, the pursuit of innovation through the progressive perfecting of one line. As a manager, Cesare brought this all-encompassing vision of the product and the company to maturity, promoting the quality of its luxury footwear in connection to photography through collaborations with high-caliber artists Nick Knight, Mario Testino, Javier Vallonrat, and Raymond Mayer, and store design in the company's single brand boutiques, in its retail spaces at La Rinascente, Milan and Rome, or in Shanghai, Moscow and London. Meanwhile, the company also grew in popularity thanks to the testimonials of celebrities photographed wearing Casadei models, including, among many, Jennifer Lopez, Sandra Bullock, Demi Lovato, Jessica Biel, Heidi Klum, Naomi Watts, Cara Delevingne, Winona Ryder and Sofia Vergara. Beyond the commercial success, what's behind a Casadei heel? What is the philosophy of the product? By defining the shoe as a special show that makes a woman special, Casadei indicates in it the locus of a unique performance, where the alchemy between the designer and the customer happens and takes place. In order to design a special model, the designer has to play with and interpret those few elements that define and distinguish the uniqueness of a shoe. To achieve originality or the perfect fit, not just to the foot but to the personality, is no small thing. In this sense, what separates one shoe from another is the craft and aesthetic of details. The sketch of an upper, the shape of a toe cap or a platform the line and the proportions of a heel might define the perfection of a model, or the mixing of craftsmanship and research of traditional taste and flair for innovation might forge the singular attractiveness of a shoe. In this sense, it is the comprehensive understanding of the product, not just as an accessory but as a word of meaning, that defines the excellence of a designer as a creator of must-have objects of desire, but also the longevity of the entrepreneur as a tireless trendsetter on the market. A masterpiece, which captures the attention and lasts over time, is then the result of the artistic interpretation of footwear, not simply as a commercial product, but rather as a locus of artistic meaning. Not solely as a blending of materials, colors, patterns and textures, but rather as a piece endowed with a unique fit comfort, language, and temperament. In a word, personality. But how can such a shoe follow different seasons and personalities and, at the same time, achieve timeless glamour? What is the secret recipe of creativity, originality, and innovation in shoemaking as an art? In his The Painter of the Modern Life, the French poet Charles Baudelaire outlines a possible answer. In this famous 1863 essay, Baudelaire defines modern art precisely as the ability to transform contemporary trends into eternal forms or, in his own words, to extract from fashion whatever element it may contain of poetry within history, to distill the eternal from the transitory. Luxury follows the same dynamic in its transfiguration of trends into what Baudelaire calls suggestions of eternity. In a similar way, with regard to Casa the evolution of the company's catalog from sandals to platform shoes and pumps, or the transformation of the heel from an architectural element into a decorative canvas, where Swarovski crystals, embroidery, plastic effects, garment fabrics, metal details, and various color palettes creatively interact, must be similarly observed as the distillation of seasonality into timeless beauty. So, what's in a stiletto heel? A few concepts come to mind from what we've said so far. Elevation, magic, seduction, glamour, craft, creativity, perfection. A high heel shoe is a razor-thin site of balance between lightness and power, stability and movement. Confidence and risk, as in ice skating, if you think about it. In its artistry and performance, a high heel implies a form of elegance which is not static admiration and hence inevitable fetishization, but rather flight, dynamism, embodiment. At the same time, to be on the heels expresses a sophisticated synthesis of vulnerability and assertiveness, of pleasure and pain, of fascination and gamble. In the creation of a moving object of beauty, what the designer pursues is not an idea of luxury as a fleeting trend or emotionless elegance, but rather as an ever-fresh source of attractiveness and seduction. A heel then certainly contains the expression of a lively feminine elegance, but also a hidden cultural code and a deeply human drive in the fearless thrust to aim high, reach the peak, and face life confidently, as well as in the tension to prolong a moment of beauty forever. In this light, heels also represent a fascinating metaphor of entrepreneurship. If you think about it, every entrepreneur walks on heels, on a thin foothold, on the same fine line between confidence and adventure, fascination and risk, stability and flight. The heel, then, is a good metaphor for innovation as the outcome of this balance, and the expression of a perfection which is not motionless, but performative and ever-acting. A shoe by itself is a great piece to watch, but there is nothing like a timeless shoe made eternally attractive and meaningful by those who wear it. Thank you very much for watching. I invite you to subscribe to this YouTube channel or to the webpage www.italianinnovators.com to receive notifications of new episodes, the lessons of the Italian Innovators course, and updates about my online lectures. You can also follow Italian Innovators on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for additional materials about the show. Thanks again, arrivederci e alla prossima!